Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. You've joined us for episode 23 of Hope for Hard Times, Spotting False Teachers. This is the episode for Sunday, December 10th, 2023. William Barclay said this, What these evil men who were troubling Peter's people were doing was to say that they loved and served Christ, while the things they taught and did were a complete denial of him. It's been said, what you are doing speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you are saying. Boy, is that ever true of false teachers in the church. True teachers have biblical beliefs and behavior in their life and the lives of those they teach. False teachers have unbiblical beliefs and behavior in their life and the lives of those they teach. False teachers are focused on the flesh, not the spirit. They are worse than useless because they are harmful. They sound and look good. They're inside the church and leave the church. Modern media has created an explosion of the influence of false teachers and false teaching because just about anyone can get on YouTube or a website or some platform and spread their beliefs. False teachers have practices and patterns of abuse and exploitation, financially, morally, even psychologically, leading to the corruption and enslavement of those that follow them. Now, the protection from this is for you to become increasingly grounded in the Bible yourself and to live in the power of the Holy Spirit on a moment-by-moment basis every day for the rest of your earthly life until either Jesus comes or you go to heaven at death. And I want to say this as well. It's not a matter of a sincere difference of interpretation about a particular verse in the Bible Uh, a doctrine, because there are people who love the Lord and his word, and they see certain things a little differently than other brothers and sisters in Christ. That's always been true. We're talking about an overwhelming emphasis in the life of a false teacher of false beliefs, teaching unbiblical doctrine, and Bad behavior. That's what we're talking about. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 10 to 22. Now, I'm, I'm reading and teaching from the King James, but I'm also going to read from the New American Standard because I found the way uh, this is, is explained in, in more uh, modern English you know, that we commonly use, it will aid us in our understanding. So 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 10 to 22. 
Peter started in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, explaining, and I'm just paraphrasing this here, that just as Israel had to deal with false prophets, and there were lots of them, the church has to deal with false teachers, and there's a lot of them as well. So Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 10, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise government. So these are marks of a false teacher. And I'm going to read from the New American Standard, chapter 2 of 2 Peter, starting in verse 10. And especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt passion. That's, that's that idea that they walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness. And the, that idea of uncleanness is like an infection. That's a, a, uh, a disease, a, a contamination, an infection. And they, they live according to the flesh. And of course, that means they're not living according to the spirit. So we see also that they despise God-ordained, constituted authority, and uh, that being particularly in the church. Obviously, it's there, and it's in other places too. He goes on to say in the King James, presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. So reading that from the New American Standard, reckless, self-centered, they speak abusively of angelic majesties without trembling. Now, what was he talking about there, by the way? Well, we'll see when we get to verse 11 uh, that he's talking about angels. Men are not angels. Angels are a higher created order than men. They are more powerful than the creation of man. And yet these false teachers, um, and I, I would say this probably relates to things like spiritual warfare that you hear so much about, and, and that's real, and we do have a spiritual warfare we're involved in, but some of the things that we hear associated with that seem to fall in this category we're reading right here. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. So he's talking about they're not afraid to speak abusively of angelic beings. And they're not afraid to do that. You say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, verse 11 is what's wrong with that. Whereas angels which are greater in power and might. And those two words are talking about their strength and their, their uh, power to do things, okay? Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, and that's true, you know, the, the good angels, uh, they're, they're that way, and the fallen angels are greater in power than might than we are as well. Whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. Now, they, you would think they could, but they don't. But, it, but false teachers will do that without blinking an eye. 
in the New American Standard, it says, whereas angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a demeaning judgment against them before the Lord. In fact, we know in the Bible, it says that they, they have the attitude of the Lord rebuke thee. You know, not that, that they bring that uh, railing accusation themselves as angels. They defer that to the Lord. But false teachers aren't troubled by anything like that. They will, uh, you know, really speak abusively of angelic beings. All right, now, let's go to verse 12 in the King James. But these as natural brute beasts. That's like an animal, all right? But these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. So let me read that from the New American Standard. But these like unreasoning animals, born as creatures of instinct to be captured and killed, using abusive speech where they have no knowledge will in the destruction of those creatures also be destroyed. Wow, <laughs> that doesn't sound very good for false teachers, does it? No, it doesn't. And God has uh, does not have a high opinion of false teachers. That's a very safe thing to say. All right, so let's go to 2 Peter chapter 10, and we're going to go to verse 13. Again, still talking about the false teachers, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Now, that's not talking about like burn down their city in the daytime, which we've seen a lot of that over the last few years. But it's talking about live in a just a wanton, uncontrolled way. Like, you know, whatever they want to do, they just go do it. That's not right. And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings. Now watch these these five words in the King James, while they feast with you. Well, who's the you? Well, he's talking to the church, right? These false teachers are inside the church influencing or trying to influence the Christians in the church. So let's see how this is worded in the New American Standard. All right, it says here in verse 13, suffering wrong as the wages of doing wrong, they count it a pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are stains and blemishes reveling in their deceptions as they feast with you. None of this is good. I mean, it's sort of like whatever sin they can get into, I mean, even in the daytime, they'll get into sin, drinking and whatever else. That's how they live. And they influence others to live the same way. 
All right, so let's go to verse 14. Uh, in, the New, in the King James, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin. I mean, they, they, they cannot be restrained. They won't stop in sin. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin. Beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor. This is someone in the Old Testament now who... Um, he was hired to try to curse Israel, which he couldn't do. God wouldn't let him. But he told um, uh, the enemy how to, how to get an advantage on God's people, okay? Following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. So he wanted to get paid so bad that he finally told the enemy how to get the advantage over the people of God because he wanted that money, all right, and that, that reward. So go to verse 14 in the New American Standard. Having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin, enticing unstable souls, having, listen to this, having hearts trained in greed, accursed children. You know, one of the things that is very characteristic of false teachers is the ability not only to have a, a bad moral influence on the people of God, but to take their money. Now, I was in full-time ministry most of the 30 years I was in ministry, and I understand that, that churches operate on the tithes and offerings of the people of God. I get all of that. Nothing wrong with that. But it, it seems like, to me, there's a very fine line between operating the church, you know, the correct way, that way, and a fine line between merchandising the church. And we should be extremely careful there. And I believe true Christians are and true pastors are and churches that are right are. But you know what? False teachers, that doesn't bother them at all. <laughs> they will use all of that to get a financial advantage over the people of God who take their money. This is a very common characteristic of a false teacher. That doesn't mean that if a, for example, if a, uh, a true teacher and preacher of the Word of God has a, a Bible study book and you can buy it, that that's wrong. That's not what we're saying. But there's, there's an ability of false teachers to get into the wallets of the people of God. That's wrong. And that's a very, very common characteristic. And you know why they're like that? Because they have hearts trained in creed, just like Balaam did, okay? 
So uh, let's see, where are we here? Uh, verse 15, King James, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Ozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. So in the New American Standard, and I hope this is not confusing. I hope it's actually helping you because this is a difficult passage we're dealing with today. Verse 15 in the New American Standard says, Abandoning the right way, they have gone astray, having followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the reward of unrighteousness, but he received a rebuke for his own offense for a mute donkey speaking with a human voice restrained the insanity of the prophet. So in the King James, we're kind of getting this uh, going back and forth here. So let's go back to the King James. Uh, verse 16, but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. This actually happened. Now, right now, some of you are saying, Pastor Ed, do you really believe that, that Balaam, that a, that a human voice came from that donkey and told Balaam he better straighten up, that he was wrong? Absolutely. You know why? That's exactly what the Bible says happened back in the Old Testament. And I can't remember exactly where that is in the Old Testament, but it's easy to find. So look it up and read it for yourself. That's exactly what happened. See, I don't understand when people say that they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that he rose from the grave on the third day. They believe he's creator God and created everything we see out of nothing we see. I don't understand how people can believe and know all of that and say, that I can't understand how a donkey could speak. Come on, which is harder, creating everything we see out of nothing we see or making that donkey speak? And by the way, if you think about it, that's not the first time we see an animal in the Bible speaking. Remember the, the serpent and Eve? Remember that? They were talking. The interesting thing there to me has always been that 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 did, I don't know if it shocked Eve or not, but it doesn't say that it did <laughs> because she carried, she listened, right? I would have run. <laughs> A snake talking to me. But this actually happened. You know, you could put it like this. Some people go so far off of the path that God might have to do something like that donkey speaking with a man's voice. And that's that's the only thing basically that stopped him. Uh, of that and the fact that there was an angel standing in the road with a sword and the angel would have killed Balaam to protect the people of God, except that donkey had, had been afraid to go forward. You've got to read the story, say, do you believe that really happened? I absolutely believe that happened exactly like it says, and if you don't, you have a problem with the Word of God. There's nothing wrong with the Word of God. Amen? 
So you need to, if that bothers you, you need to figure out what your problem is. Amen. All right. So that's verse 16. Let's go to verse 17. Still talking about false teachers, King James. These are wells without water. Now, before we go any further, let me ask you a question. What is a well without water? What If it has no water in it, what is it? It is a long, long pit that is dangerous, right? If you fall into that, you're going to break your neck and you can't get out. These are wells without water. In other words, a, a, a well is only useful when it has water in it, right? Well, these are wells without water. That's completely useless. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest. Have you ever seen what you, let's say you're in a drought where you live and you see a huge mass of dark clouds coming your way and you think, at last, we're going to get the rain that we need. And I've actually seen this happen. It is an amazing thing. The clouds roll right in and go right by, and it never even rains sometimes. And you still have the drought and the parched ground. You know, if you see the clouds coming and you need rain, that ought to be a good thing, right? Well, these false teachers... Again, they're, they're just as useless and dangerous as wells without water, and they're just as useless as clouds that are carried with a tempest. So over in the New American Standard, in verse 17, it says, These are springs without water and mist driven by a storm for whom the black darkness has been reserved. So say, well, maybe these are, these are believers, but they're just having a bad day or a bad decade. These are not Christians, the false teachers. They may sound good. They may even look good, but their beliefs and their behavior, it, th those things wrap them out. You know what I mean? That proves they do not even belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. No, you don't want to follow them. Verse 18. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, I mean, these, some of these false teachers, man, they can teach and preach like nobody's business, but it's great swelling words of vanity. That is, a, it's just useless. Verse 18 in New American Standard says, For while speaking out arrogant words of no value, they entice by fleshly desires, by indecent behavior, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error. So let's read this in King James. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. Verse 19, King James, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. 
For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. So let's go over to New American Standard. And let's read verse 19. Uh, let's see. Promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what anyone is overcome, by this he is enslaved. All right, back to the King James. We're going to go to verse 20. I hope reading from the King James and the New American Standard is helping you here get the, the, the gist of this passage in 2 Peter chapter 2. Verse 20 from King James. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn, that means like to turn away from, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned at his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Let's go over to uh, New American Standard, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first, for it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit and a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. Have you, and I don't want to get too graphic, but have you ever seen a dog throw up something that is just totally disagreeable with him? Like, let's say a dog eats a frog. He's going to throw that frog back up. <laughs> but that dog will go right over to what it threw up and like, let's do it again. You know, that kind of thing. It's icky, I know. And, you know, if you were to wash a, a sow, it may look good for a minute, but it's going right back to the pig pen, right? So I hope this has helped you. You know what the main message here is, and it's not a difficult one to understand. In the church, let me ask you this way. If you were Satan and you wanted to mess up the church, wouldn't you make sure that there were plenty of false teachers in the church? Sure, because it can get very confusing 
and people's beliefs can be changed from what is true to what is false. And you know when that, what happens when that happens? Their behavior becomes wrong. And you know what? That's exactly where we've ended up today in the modern church. And I don't know that we can, uh, I think we're in the apostasy, in my opinion, prior to the rapture of the church and the tribulation. That's what I think is happening. False teaching abounds and false living abounds and is endorsed and approved in churches. I don't think we can fix that. Now, maybe by a great revival, God would fix it, but I, I don't see that happening. I think everything is going along just like the Lord said it would prior to the end, the last days. That's what I think. So we're not probably going to see that fixed in all churches. Could it change in your church? Yes, but it will be an uphill battle. But what I think we need to do as remnant believers, that is those who are remaining true to the Lord and his word, is just make sure you and your loved ones know the Bible frontwards and backwards. And in the power of the Spirit, you live according to the truth in the Bible so that your beliefs are right and your behavior is right. All right, so that's where we've come to in 2 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to go to chapter 3 of 2 Peter next week. So as I've often said, if I don't die in my sleep or the rapture doesn't happen, I plan to be back next week in the next episode, episode 24 of Hope for Hard Times. And I hope you'll be with us too if I'm here to do that. I want you to be here to listen to it. So I need you to do something right now before we sign off. I would like you to like this episode. If you've never done it before, please follow This Week in the Word right from where you're listening. You can do that. And one more thing. I want you to share this episode with someone else so that they can listen to it as well. Would you do that for me and for the kingdom of God? That would be a great thing. Well, thanks for being here and... As I said, Lord willing, we'll be back next week with episode 24. Bye-bye.